Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham, and this is the show where we take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. We've been lied to for decades, and it's killing us. Kim and I are here to help you find your path to true health. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about food, nutrition, fitness, diet, lifestyle, exercise, training, disease, drugs, supplements, you name it. We'll talk about it. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. Kim, welcome. Good to be here, Kevin. How are you today? Doing great. Um, Good. You know, like always, this time of the week, I have so much to talk about. I am just overloaded with information, which is not a bad thing. Um, it's just, it's, it's exciting really to see how much is changing in the whole area of health. You know, I, I, I swear we are going to look back over our lifetime. You and I are about the same age. So we shared all those same things growing up the, you know, all the food, all the recommendations at some point, we're going to look back at this time health-wise, and I think we're going to call it the dark ages. I, I just, it was awful what we have been subjected to as far as food and health in our lifetime. The advice was wrong. The food was wrong. Uh, and it's no wonder you look around and we see the results we have. They, they are, the results are just horrendous. When you look at how many people have true diagnosed type 2 diabetes, how many people are overweight and obese, how many have pre-diabetes and don't know it, heart disease, cancer, every, all the autoimmune diseases. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, a downer, but we have to face reality that our health is probably the worst it's ever been, and it shouldn't be. You know, it, so I, I, we're finally, I think, heading into a time where we're going to take all the advantages we have from modern society and, and use them properly. I mean, we've taken we've taken all the advantages of modern society that should have made us healthier and we've made everything worse. So I, I'm excited that there is so much new information coming out constantly. It is overwhelming. Um, the amount of new information and the amount of um, acceptance it's starting to get from people with medical credentials. Doctors finally starting to get it. Now, when I say that, we're still talking about a tiny, tiny percentage. The, the average person working in the medical community is still working under all those same old tired ideas that just don't work. I, I saw another statistic today that really really bothered me and scared me and nobody's really talking about this um in fact i'm gonna have to go verify this i i only read it in one place uh, it's a very good source that i read it from but i'm gonna go verify this that 
and I, I, I bring this up because it is part of the problem our medical community has created. I read a statistic that said there are now more traffic deaths from opioid-related crashes than drunk driving. Mm, I hadn't heard that. Wow. I have not That's heard scary. that. That's why I need to go verify that. We know what a problem drunk driving deaths are. That That's a real problem, no question. But to think that, and nobody's talking about this. That's why I'm kind of doubting it. But like I said, it came from a good source. So I want to go verify that. Clearly, we have a huge opioid problem in this country. Mm-hmm. Opioids, by the way, for people who don't know, are prescription painkillers. And... It, the problem is they are now the number one gateway drug for heroin mm-hmm. because heroin mm-hmm. is an opioid. And what happens is somebody, there are so many stories of this, and I hadn't even really planned on talking about this today, but um, somebody, you know, has a minor injury or, you know, they go through a surgery and we just quickly prescribe these opioid painkillers Nobody really tells anybody, be careful, they're very addictive. The withdrawal from these things is horrendous. And people are literally getting a form of addiction with just one prescription. You build a tolerance to these drugs really quickly. Like, you know, the first couple days, one pill makes you feel amazing, takes away your pain. And there's another problem with these. They don't just kill the pain. They make you feel really, really good, like better than you normally feel. That's part of the addiction problem. But they're also very physically addicting, so the withdrawal from them is horrible. And there is some talk, not a lot, not as much as I think there should be, about the opioid problem in general. But this is the first time I've seen statistics on the fact that it's becoming a real problem on the roads. And there are no good ways to test for this. We can't do, you know, breathalyzer tests the way we can for alcohol. Blood tests aren't even really accurate. There is a, um, they, they, there is a group that's teaching law enforcement how to verify this on the roadside. The current system takes 90 minutes. Now, we can't have, you know, law enforcement going through 90-minute procedures on the side of the road. We've got to come up with a better way, um, you know, to test for, you know, impairment from opioids. But I don't even see anybody talking about it. It's just another way. I believe our medical community has really failed us. They have so overprescribed these drugs. They've created a huge problem. Yeah, it's scary. And it kind of makes sense, sadly, that that, that would be another consequence of it, um, you know, get people getting behind the wheel. Under the influence. Yeah. You know what brought this to light? The article that I read was actually about Tiger Woods. I don't know if you saw this mm-hmm. recently. Well, that's what came to my mind when you when you said that. You know, and his yeah, finally when they did do um blood, he had no alcohol in his system. Right. Uh, None whatsoever. Yeah. But they, they found him passed out at the wheel. Mm-hmm. There was damage on the car, two of his tires were flat, and he's completely passed out at the wheel. Now, we just got lucky that he didn't kill somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, the, no alcohol whatsoever. It was, he claims, a, a mix of prescription drugs. So 
technically, you know, this is where it gets weird, too. People think, well, wait a minute. How could it be illegal for me to drive with these if they were prescribed? It doesn't matter. You can't drive impaired is the rule in, I believe, every state. You have to be able to judge whether you're impaired or not. You know, and, and Tiger Woods is claiming it was an unusual reaction from a mix of prescription drugs. And what we see many times is that the doctors will prescribe an opioid for the pain and something like Xanax for the stress that the pain causes. So now you've got two, you've, you've got a barbiturate, an opioid, um, and this is dangerous. And we're seeing much more of it. So, again, I, I wasn't even going to talk about that today, but I, I just read that article and it kind of stuck in my mind as another way that um, our medical system is just broken, just broken in so many ways. Um, you know, and this just stems from pure profit motives. The big pharmaceutical companies want to sell more drugs. That's what they do. So they convinced doctors that these drugs aren't addictive. I, I, I don't believe doctors would prescribe these if they understood how big of a problem they are. Yeah. But the, mm -hmm. there was such a huge campaign from the pharmaceutical companies to convince doctors that these were not addictive. And that's just a blatant lie. They know that they're highly addictive. So, you know, I don't, I don't see that changing anytime soon unless... Of course, individuals just take responsibility. I, I would not take an opioid painkiller. I don't, I don't think under any conditions now. Um, obviously, we survived for a very long time without them. Pain, I get it, is uncomfortable. There are a lot better ways to fix pain. This is not, not a good way. So let's get back to what I was going to talk about today, um, which is what I'm excited about in health and what I'm excited about is all the new information coming out, the stuff that really works, that's really making us healthy, and all the new ways that we can measure so many of our biomarkers ourselves. I, you know, I talked about this last week. I've been in pure geek mode lately, um, and I still am. I am measuring everything right now, uh, and it's kind of interesting what we're coming up with. So. We're going to get to a break, and then right around the corner, I'm going to talk about that, and then we're going to get to more of your calls and questions. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. 
We're uh, talking about, you know, all the new exciting advancements we're seeing in health. And uh, a lot of this is being driven by new technology, which I'm excited about. And I was talking about um, the ability now to measure things the other day. Uh, being able to measure a lot of our own biomarkers now. So, uh, Kim, some of the things that, that I am measuring every day now uh, and then tweaking and seeing, you know, what works, I am now measuring um, pulse, blood pressure, blood glucose, uh, ketones, both blood and breath, um, and, and now a new one. Uh, also, um, uh, well, the new one, HRV, heart rate variability. I just started talking about this a little bit. And this, I believe we're going to find is our single most important biomarker for overall health. You know, all those other things we, we should know. You know, if your blood pressure is high, we can fix that with diet. We know. If your blood glucose is high, we absolutely know we can fix that with diet. You know, we'd like our pulse rate to be on the low side. That can be uh, fixed somewhat with diet, but mostly with you know, some movement and exercise. HRV, heart rate variability, not something we've heard much about because we've known about it for several decades, but it was never easy to measure. You had to go get hooked up to all kinds of machines in a lab in order to measure this. So, you know, it wasn't easy. It wasn't inexpensive. But now technology is making this much easier. I've been talking about... Um, the device I, I've been testing, there's one device on the market that is a wearable. You wear it on your wrist, your arm, your ankle, um, wherever you choose to wear it, that will very, very accurately measure heart rate variability. Um, and, and again, we don't know a lot about this because we've never really used it for just everyday overall health, but you know, I've been doing a lot of research. I've been testing a lot. We've used it for, you know, heart health. We've used it for extreme athletes to help them know when they've recovered. But I am finding so many uses for this. The device and the software that I'm testing right now, um, it does give you a score on your heart rate variability from zero to 100. So it measures lots of different things. Um, but in order, you know, instead of you having to figure out what all these different readings mean, they just give you a score. The higher the score, the, the more physically fit you are right at the moment. So not only can we get an overall idea of how, you know, healthy and fit you are, but we can see the changes day to day. The other thing that it measures is the, the two nervous systems. We've talked about this many, many times. We have our, our rest and digest mode, which is what we want to be in most of the time. That's our parasympathetic state. And we have our fight and flight um, mode, which is our high stress sympathetic state. We need both. Both are good, but we really don't want either one to be overly dominant. And what we find in our society today is the fight or flight mode the sympathetic state is way overly dominant in most people. We've talked about all the reasons, stress from our diet, stress from toxins, stress from stress itself, or, 
what we you know always think of as mental stress, physical stress from overworking. There are lots of stressors in our society today. So I'm just so excited about what I'm seeing. But the other cool thing about this is that when we can measure something, then we can try different things and we can re-measure and know whether something's working or not. And we've never really had that ability before. So if we look back kind of at the progression of what we've been through, you and I and the show and everything we've learned, you know, the first thing we learned was diet was just critically important. Diet was the foundation. We've talked about the whole food, nutrient dense, all those things. We know how important that is. Then when we started working with people in our two-on-one program, we started to see that, and we learned this in, in school, that digestion is a problem for everybody. We all have digestive issues. I don't think we've found anybody yet who doesn't until you start working on them. And those were fairly simple to fix. You know, and there, there are four or five different digestive issues you can have, but we can identify them. We can, you know, measure them through symptoms. We can fix those. The next biggest issue we saw was, especially with our clients, and it's pretty common in the country, sugar handling um, was a real problem. We can fix that with diet. We know we can. We've done it many, many times. Um, that email you sent me from one of our listeners the other day was just awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, A1C mm -hmm. of 10.3. Now, just for the people who don't know, 10.3 completely disqualifies you from driving. You cannot ha have a CDL with, a, with an A1C of over 10. That's extreme. I mean, at that point, you have lost your ability to support yourself and your family. That's scary. And she's been listening. She followed the advice. She did the hard work. And her most recent A1C was 5.7. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I get so excited when I see that, that, you know, people are taking this to heart. They're doing the hard work and they're seeing the results. So, now, the, the next problem we've really identified for our community especially, and I think it's common across the country, is adrenal fatigue. And this one was a little tricky for us. It's been our most stubborn problem. We've tried different supplements that haven't really seemed to work much. They help a little bit, but we're not seeing real improvements in the symptoms. Um, the diets we've been using so far don't seem to be helping this area a lot. So I, I've made this my focus really for a couple months now. I've been really, you know, taking extra courses and doing more reading and now even more testing. And the exciting thing is um, this was a very, very hard thing to measure. If you ask somebody, do you think you're overstressed? The answers are all across the board. Nobody really um, seems to be very accurate at assessing their own stress levels. And the HRV and, and this device and the software gives me an absolute reading on where somebody is as far as stress levels and the strength of either one of their nervous systems. We want both of our nervous systems to be really strong. You know, we want our fight or flight response to be strong. It, it, it serves a purpose. Even in today's world, when we don't have many real dangers, 
that fight or flight mode still serves a purpose. So we want that system to be strong. Our rest and digest mode, we really want to be strong, but we also want a good balance between the two. And that's what this software helps measure. So now I can take all these lifestyle strategies because we've done everything we can with diet and supplementation for this issue, and it's just not enough. We have to incorporate lifestyle changes. But it, it was difficult because it was hard to measure the results. And, and you know, we, we like instant results. That's just where we are in this country. We want things to happen right now. So if you convince somebody, hey, look, you need to relax. You need to try square breathing. You need to try some yoga, some meditation. You need to get out walking in the park. And they do it for a couple days or a week, and they don't see immediate results. They don't feel it. They tend to give up. But with this, we could show them results with numbers. And I think it helps you stay motivated. You know that you're on the right track. You know the things you're doing are working. So I, I'm excited about that. And there's some very cool technology on the market now um, around the area of meditation. I, this is going to become much, much more mainstream. You know, meditation, it's been around a long time, but it's always been one of those, you know, fringe kind of foo-foo things that, you know, people think of monks and, you know, it, it's, it's not widely accepted. That's going to change. Because it is a really, really beneficial thing to do. It doesn't take a lot of time. And there are some, like, like I say, I'm, I'm going to be testing a device. Um, it's coming today, by the way. Um, so I'll probably start testing it right after the show today. That guides you into a meditative state, actually measures brain waves. And, and this is not foo-foo at all. This is true science. We can measure the different kinds of brain waves, theta waves, beta waves, alpha waves, and they tell us what state the brain is in. We've been able to measure those for a very long time, but again, only in a lab. So it's not something that gets used very commonly. Well, now I'm getting ready to test a device that you put on your head. It measures the brain waves helps us get into that brainwave state that we want and that's what the whole point of meditation is and it teaches you how to meditate and we can see the results in hrv it's pretty exciting stuff so uh we're gonna get to a break we'll come back uh kim we'll see if there's anything you've got today and then we'll get some calls and questions stick around we'll be right back i'm kevin ruff Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. We're talking about uh, all the new technologies that are really helping us measure 
what we call biomarkers, and then use those measurements to really focus on strategies that help. So, Kim, I'm excited about this. It, the timing is just awesome. We're, we're learning so much more about how important this is to our health. Um, it, it, I'm starting to lean to, to the point that it's every bit as important as the diet that we have to have these two things in place. But I'm excited about the, the new information we have and the new ways we can measure these things. That's what, and you know we need to see a picture of you with uh, your new device when you get it in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably putting put that one on, on Lisa. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to put on all the devices at once and, and take That's a picture. Right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned as well working with people is um, coming around with the adrenals and the stress and, and um, you know, that needing to pull that back up as priority. And we need to, we need to teach our families and our kids this as well um, because they watch us. So, you know, they may have seen us overstress about some things or how we handle things, you know, respond to things. Um, you know, the highway one-on-one -on -one that we had yesterday, their eight-year-old daughter's been meditating for, you know, all her life, you know, since they could teach her. And I thought that really struck a chord with me, you know, and I, I guess um, I, I want to make that a priority as well to teach my kids how to do that. And, and the guided meditation is what worked for me. Um, maybe someday I'll be able to sit quietly and quiet my mind and soul. But um, right now I, I need the, the guided. Well, meditation. and, you know, I do too. I, I do too, and I've talked about that. So I use the hypnosis and the guided meditation. Mm -hmm. I always have because it works much better for me. And there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it. I'll continue to use okay. it. I like it. The idea behind like this device is that it, there are sounds, and, and they're like sounds of storms and rain and wind. And while the device is measuring your brain waves, if you are in the correct meditative state, it plays those sounds very softly and calmly. And as you start to come out of the meditative state, which is the problem, it's hard to stay in it until you learn how, it will increase the sounds and the intensity, and that helps guide you back into the calmer state. So it, it monitors and gives you feedback consistently. And they even, they almost made it like a game. They've even built in rewards and I guess one of them is if you can stay in the meditative state long enough, you get a new sounds that add to the enjoyment, like you get birds chirping. And the longer you stay in, the more new sounds you get. So it like scores and rewards and guides you. So it's, uh, you know, I'm interested because I've always used, you know, guided meditation and hypnosis. So I'm, I'm, this is kind of a new form of guided. Mm -hmm but it's actually monitoring to make sure you're getting into the state you need. That's pretty exciting. Definitely. That would be interesting to see how that, you know, when, when you have your heart rate um, variability watch on as well and compare, you know, the two different, um, you know, measures that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm excited about that. We'll, I will be, and I say I, when I say I, I mean all of us, because everybody, it takes all of us to, to get a project like this done. But I, I can see a new, very specific program um, kind of directly addressing adrenal fatigue, 
because this is such a big area. You know, most of our programs now are one-on-ones or, you know, highway programs. Their primary focus is nutrition. And, and we know that's important. You've got to do that. It, this is going to be really heavily weighted um, towards lifestyle. So guidance in, in lifestyle to get that adrenal fatigue under control. Combine that with our programs on nutrition, and now we've got a total health program. So I'm, I'm excited. We'll you know be working on this to, to get this all together, and we'll certainly be talking about it more. Uh, anything else you've got, or should we get to some calls? Um, I just wanted to give a, a shout out, like a recommendation. I know you talked about this book um, quite a while ago, and it's part of the NT. TA program, and you know, even though I'd finished the test, I had a lot of homework that I had to finish and book reports um, up until Sunday night was about it. And the last book I read, because I did want to read it, um, it's a big book, is The Omnivore's Dilemma. I loved that book. I, One of my... Yeah. He's a really good writer. It, it was a long book, because so, he's very descriptive and stuff too, but I just was intrigued the whole time. I loved the way he ended it with the third section being the hunter gather and just the way you even as he, you know, as he did do the hunting and the gathering of everything and he described even putting the meal together and, you know, he was sharing it with a table of people that all helped him do it. And they really didn't know each other. A couple of them did, but um, how they connected, how it all, it just added so much more meaning to meals, you know, and um, I think that, you know, that goes back to what we, you know, we talk about too with digestion and, you know, when we go to eat and our brain and everything that goes into it. I, I just thought that was a brilliant book. So if anybody hasn't read it or listened to it, I highly recommend that they get it. He is an awesome writer. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's just very enjoyable um, to read his stuff, but he puts so much work and effort. You think about that book and all the research, all the time and everything he did, it was incredible. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, now I will also tell you that um, I avoided reading that book for a long time. (laughs) And I avoided reading it because of one quote that he had. And I I was trying to find the quote here. I can kind of paraphrase it, but I I was trying to find it so I get it exactly right. Because when you go, I should just go look for the book because that was when I always saw it. Um, When you read the description of the book or the, you know, the information on the book, I kept seeing this one quote and it, it said something along the lines of eat real food, mostly plants. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh boy, he's a vegetarian. Uh, and I kept avoiding the book. Well, he's not a vegetarian uh, at all. Uh-uh. Um, so I, I completely kind of misconstrued what he was saying in that quote. And I kind of avoided the book. And, and now the funny thing is the more and more and more I learn about diet nutrition, I'm right with him. Eat real food, mm-hmm. mostly plants when you look at volume, you know, not necessarily calories or, you know, percentages, but volume. You should be eating a lot of plants. Um, Meat is really nutrient dense. You're not going to eat much of that. Same with fat when you look at the size of food. So now I understand exactly what he was talking about. And I think he is exactly right. Um, So yeah, just an awesome book. Well, and it will really make you want to be sure you know where your meat comes from too. Um, oh, yeah. that, that oh. really, really drove that home. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. And 
it, and the good news is in this whole big picture plan thing I'm working on right now, I think I have found honestly a very, very simple solution to eating all high quality meat while you're on the road. I, I, I can't believe it was as easy as it is. Um, and I say easy, it's simple. It is going to require some work. It is going to require a little change, but it's absolutely going to be worth it. See, we, we kept saying, and we, you and I even did it. We kind of excused people. Yeah, we know you, you can't, you're not going to find grass fed beef in restaurants. You're not going to find it on the road. You can't carry enough in your truck. Cooking and cleaning is tough. All those things are true, but we were missing the point there. There are other ways to do this. And I've got an idea that I think will make it extremely easy. If, if you're willing to do a little bit of work while you're at home, I think I can make it really simple to eat really high quality, nutritious food the whole time you're on the road. I remember. I remember now what you were talking about. Are you saving it for I'm later? Not ready. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to keep everybody in suspense, but I'm excited mm -hmm. about it because, again, that's that's like one of the last pieces to the puzzle for our tribe is that challenge of, you know, when I'm at home, I can eat grass fed, pastured animals every day if I want. It's not that difficult. I've even said when I go on the road, I struggle with this. Um, and I have, you know, a, a better situation than drivers do. I have a full-size refrigerator and freezer with me when I'm on the road. Um, but I still struggled eating really good quality food the whole time I was out there. Well, that will change this time. When I go out on the road this time, I'm going to eat exactly the way I do at home. And I'm going to share that with our tribe here coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'll be talking more about that. All right. Um, we're going to get to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to get to some of your calls. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothenberg. All right, so we are heading into the final segment. We're going to take uh, calls, and then we're going to do a second hour. Uh, calls are starting to come in. There might be some room, though. In the second hour, we're going to get to a lot more calls. So if you want to jump in, press 1 on your phone right now, and we should be able to get to you in the second hour. Here we go.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me, and we're going to get right to the phone calls. Let's go to Texas. Wade, welcome to the program. Yeah, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, okay, I got you. Uh, Hi. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Hi. My my first question, uh, you were talking about a book not too long ago, and then I never heard you uh, talk about it anymore, and I didn't know if you finished it, but uh, Undoctored by William Davis. Uh, Yeah. Were you impressed with it? What what would you take on that book? Completely impressed. Um, completely impressed that we have a, such a highly credentialed doctor who really, really tears apart our current medical system. He, he you think I talk bad about it? Um, <laughs> read the book. He tears it apart, and and it's all true. And he's seen it from the inside. In fact, he admits he practiced it. He. he he realizes how much damage he did by following, you know, what he was taught in medical school and what he was taught after medical school. And, you know, his whole premise is that 90% of your health is completely up to you and in your control and you don't need the medical community at all. And then if, if there is a condition where you truly do need some medical help, he talks about how to kind of build a team that can really help you. But it, it, the, the insight he has into the medical community um, is really telling on how broken our system is. So were you impressed with the, you know, the, the vitamin synergy, like with the vitamin D, the magnesium, the iodine, uh, the stuff for the gut uh, flora? Uh, and and the diet part of it, I've listened to it twice. It was really okay. my jaw was on on the ground the whole time. Exactly. Now here's the thing: all those things you just mentioned, all those synergies, absolutely spot on. There there's so much good research to show that all those things are true. One of the problems I have, not really a problem, but I, I'm just careful about it. You realize after listening to it twice how complicated that can get. Um, I I always try to try to simplify things. There are some people that love that side of it, having all of that, you know, information and knowledge and understanding. And I'm one of them. But I think the majority of people don't want to go that deep. They just want to know how to fix it. So we always really try to strive to keep things simple. Here's the way you fix it. You know, you eat real whole food, nutrient dense And if you do that and you fix your digestion, you're going to get all those nutrients. You know, we could try to measure and and monitor, and and I don't want people to have to do too much of that. You know, if we get our lifestyle right. um, So, again, it can be really complex, or, you know, we can try to keep it really simple and just get the good results. But I, I don't think there was a single thing in that book I didn't agree with. Okay. Um, within that, uh, one of my roadblocks, like I said, I've been doing the enzyme uh, digestive stuff with you and the berberine and uh, the probiotic and stuff. But one roadblock that I read about at the end of the book was uh, that could be hurting me from losing weight was uh, I've been on um, Trazodone for years. And they said that that can block your weight loss. And 
so I'm trying to get off of it, and it, hel- it helps me sleep. And so I'm trying right. the melatonin, and uh, and the other thing he recommended was a tryptophan, which I haven't been able to get a hold of yet. But I didn't know if you agreed with that uh, to get to, to get off the trazodone, or if you had a better suggestion uh, to to help me so with my sleep. You know, one of the programs I'm working on is just all around sleep because sleep is such a huge part of health and it's a huge part of adrenal fatigue. It's an area we don't know a lot about. Again, it's an area where technology is really starting to help because we can measure sleep better than we used to be able to. Um, I would absolutely recommend you get off the trazodone. Um, it, it, It is one of the less problematic sleeping drugs no question it's a you know it's a much more mild way better than things like ambien and some of the new sleep medications that are horrendous but trazodone will block um, you from becoming completely healthy and it can block weight loss and some other things the the melatonin is kind of tricky most melatonin supplements on the market are somewhere between two milligrams and ten milligrams And there's some research now that the ideal dose of melatonin for sleep is a half of a milligram that we've been overtaking melatonin and it can actually make getting to sleep harder. So you got to play around. Um, Yeah. The only supplement I've found on the market so far that is that low of a dose is actually from Bulletproof, Dave Asprey. He's got a, a product called Sleep Mode. That is uh, yeah, half a milligram. It. Yeah, it's a half a milligram of melatonin and some brain octane, which was kind of interesting. Now, I had kind of an interesting result, and I, I haven't talked about it a lot because I want to go back and retest it. I'm taking a couple weeks off, uh, and I'm going to go back and retest it. It really helped me get to sleep. Fell asleep quickly, but for some reason, um, I would wake up about 90 minutes after I fell asleep and I would be wide awake, energized and felt like I slept the whole night and it'd be midnight. And then I would, I would struggle to go back to sleep and I don't know. I think it's possibly the brain octane, you know, cause we get energy and ketones from brain octane. He says it's such a small amount. It shouldn't do that. Um, so I, I have to go back and retest that. It didn't do that for the first week or so. And then that became yeah. a really regular pattern. I'd fall asleep for an hour and a half, maybe two hours, wake up and feel like it was morning and I was wide awake. And that, you know, that's certainly not going to work. So um, if, if you can look around and find a very, very low dose melatonin, um, you may want to play around with that and try it. And then all the other things that go along with sleep, what they refer to as sleep hygiene. You know, make sure the room's really, really dark. Make sure it's, you know, either as quiet as possible, and I understand in the truck that can be tough, or you have background kind of white noise to block out the the other sounds. And make sure, you know, the temperature's right. It should be cool. Um, You know, don't use electronics after about 6 o'clock in the E, or three to four hours before you're going to go to bed drop all the electronics, TV screens, computers, phones, um, 
There, there are so many of those things. No caffeine, probably eight hours before you go to bed. So all of those things combined. Then I, I would use things like meditation. There are some great guided hypnosis and meditation programs to, to put you to sleep and to help your sleep quality. And I would also use one of the sleep trackers. Okay. Okay. And I, I, an I will tell, on... you, I, I, I will ahead, tell you that from somebody who slept really, really well most of their life, I mean, I had no problem sleeping up until my mid-40s, none whatsoever. And since then, the last 10 years, I have fought with sleep issues, and at times it feels like nothing works. Um, yeah, so I... the, the, you really have to attack everything at once, and you have to be patient. I've jumped around from things, and, and what I'll find is some things will work in the beginning and then completely lose their effectiveness. And you're right back to where you were. So I, I will tell you, this is a challenge, but it's something that I'm working pretty hard on right now. Okay. And do you have an update on, uh, you were looking at possibly doing, uh, I know you're not ready to talk about the one deal with the food that you're working on, but the dehydrating uh, of food and, and having stuff in the store. We yeah, you know, the dehydration isn't going to work. There are too many foods that don't rehydrate well. So doing kind of total meals dehydrated, it was way too limited. Um, freeze drying is the right answer. Freeze drying is, is a much better way to, um, the food comes back much better from freeze dried than from dehydrated, and it's easier to freeze dry whole meals. The problem we're running into is the cost. Um, the cost of freeze drying and developing freeze dried meals is really expensive. Um, so it's not that I've given up on it, but it's kind of on hold right now um, until we figure out a way to make it cost effective for everybody, cost effective for us to invest in it or we find a company that's doing it really well and nobody is right now. So I still love the idea. We just haven't figured out a really good way to bring it to market yet, but we're still working on it. All right, there's the music. That means we've got to get out of here. We will see you next time. Be safe. Be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Ruffin. All right, we're going to start a uh, second hour. We're going to get to a lot more questions this time. So if you're still waiting, be patient. Here we go. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket.
Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. My co-host, Kim Cockerham, is with me. And this is the show where we take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. And we talk about it from your perspective, being on the road and living in a truck. We've been lied to for decades and it's killing us. Kim and I are here to help you find your destination health. We can answer your questions about food, nutrition, diet, lifestyle, exercise, training, drugs, disease, supplements, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and ask the question. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. Kim, welcome back. Glad to be here, Kevin, with you and everyone else. Hey, I have a couple things I want to talk about, but uh, kind of a follow-up from the end of our last show. I, I was talking to somebody about sleep, and we got talking about melatonin and how uh, many of the melatonin supplements on the market are actually too high of a dose. Um, and I, you were sending me text messages, and I was so wrapped up I didn't catch them. <laughs> Um, so I, I didn't realize, um, that we had such a great melatonin supplement. Mm -hmm. I guess I should have looked at our own line. Um, <laughs> why don't you tell us about that one? Cause now that I see it, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I like it cause it is on the low dose side. Um, and you know, people have to follow instructions. It, it, I like the combination. It's melatonin, some vitamin B6, which helps in the uh, synthesis of serotonin. And it also has magnesium which we know is great for helping relax and, and it helps decrease cortisol, cortisol levels. So I like the combination. Um, like I said, it has one and a half milligrams and the dosage is to take one half tablet. So I have a bottle of it. It's funny because I, do, you know, I don't go searching for the half. I just, you know, do a half every time. I'll have a bottle full of half tablets, but, um, and it has to be in combination like you were talking about, you know, um, everything as far as, you know, like shutting off technology, get that blue light, you know, the blue light stuff that affects us and do, um, you know, relaxation and, and deep breathing, do, you know, cool temperature if you can, all that kind of stuff in combination. But yeah, we have that out in the store. Um, and it is, it's just a, it's a nice um, uh, support. Wow. So I'm going to try that one myself because I haven't tried that one yet. So that's okay. exciting. Thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. Crazy. There's so much going on that I missed one of our own supplements. Didn't realize it's what I'm looking for. And we have it. So that's pretty cool. Uh, is the name of it just melatonin? Um, yeah, it says melatonin. It actually has B-6 um, um, slash MG on it. So, But yeah, it's okay. out there. And like all of our supplements, what I tried to do, Lisa had asked me to write up a little something about it because um, I wanted to just give a little bit more information so that people can see if it's for them, if not, like, you know, why would you use it and how? And so we're trying to do yeah. that with all of our supplements too. Yeah. Excellent. Well, very, very good tip. Thank you for that. So uh, we've been talking a lot about heart rate variability. I'm, I'm not going to really go much into that today, but you just said something, the device that I'm testing that, that measures heart rate variability. It's also a full, you know, biometric, a wearable that does steps and you know you can track your workouts and it does track sleep um, and it's a little interesting because it's using heart rate variability as a measure of sleep as well as movement and 
you know, all the other things the typical sleep trackers do. So it, it's got one more piece of information in there that the others don't. And it actually measures the amount of blue light you've been exposed to throughout the day. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah actually has a blue light monitor on it so it monitors the amount of blue light exposure you have so you can look at it every day and you know know like we're trying to increase our steps we would also want to decrease our exposure to too much blue light and now we have a way of measuring it mm -hmm. that's great huh that'll be interesting yeah. to see yeah so real quick because i want to get to a lot more calls today um one of the topics i want to talk about is dairy we, we haven't really focused on this much, but we've identified it as, as a pretty big problem. You know, if you look at paleo, primal, hunter-gatherer kind of diets, which, you know, is, is really um, a, a good model for how we should eat, there's a lot of controversy about whether dairy is paleo or not. I, I, you know, I think if we use a true definition, it's not. When we were hunter-gatherers, we did not drink milk of any kind, and we didn't evolve drinking milk, and that's why about 60% of the adult population is lactose intolerant. There was a time when human beings, adult human beings, were basically 100% lactose intolerant. That, that was how we were designed. We were only designed to drink milk when we were infants, and in order to digest milk, the milk sugar called lactose, your body has to have an enzyme called lactase. We lose the ability to produce lactase as we mature. And that was because milk was not supposed to be part of our diet. But there have been cultures um, that have been drinking milk long enough that we've actually reacquired the ability to produce lactase as an adult. So that's the 40% of the population that isn't lactose intolerant. But even if you're not lactose intolerant, there are a lot of problems with milk and especially our milk today. So first off, the animals are not being raised naturally and healthy. They're being fed a horrible diet. They're being given hormones and antibiotics and all kinds of crazy stuff. That affects the quality of their milk. We pasteurize milk, which is bad. It kills all the good bacteria, all the enzymes. That's a bad thing. We homogenize milk because we don't want it to separate into cream and skim milk like it will, and homogenization is really bad for milk. It destroys the fat and damages the fat, and that's one of the good things that are in, that's in milk, but we don't want it damaged, and homogenization damages it. There is a, um, a, a protein in milk called agglutinin, which has many of the same effects as gluten, they sound very similar, and we see some of the same problems. Um, and we have casein in milk, which is a protein that seems to be very reactive to a lot of people. So honestly, I, I know we argue a lot about dairy in the paleo community, and I think the reason we argue is because we don't want to give it up. It, it really isn't uh, a, a very healthy part of our diet. Now, I am not telling you I am dairy-free because I love cheese and I love yogurt and, you know, there are lots of dairy products I really like. So I'm not willing to completely give up dairy. 
I am much more conscious of the dairy that I choose to consume. I skip milk completely of any kind. You know, I've talked about raw milk, um, but I basically use raw milk to make other things. Like I've made raw milk yogurt. I've made raw milk ice cream, which was does not work well at all. And I finally figured out why. Um, the raw milk is not homogenized. And what happens when you're trying to make ice cream out of it, the fat separates out. And you get these like little globules of fat throughout your ice cream. It's really, really bizarre. It took me a while to figure out what was going wrong there. Um, the yogurt that you make from raw milk is very thin, so it has some issues as well. Um, raw milk cheese I'd love, so I will seek out raw milk cheese. But one of the other things I've been doing a lot lately is looking at goat milk. And again, it's not super easy to come by. I'm not just going to drink goat milk because, you know, I can skip milk. It does have a lot of sugar and carbs in it. But things like uh, goat milk yogurt, when you can find it, I think is really excellent. Goat's milk has huge advantages over cow's milk. One, um, most goats today are raised much more naturally than cows. They're usually grass-fed. Um, and it's easier to seek out grass-fed goats. Um, they're usually not given hormones. They tend to be raised much more naturally and organically. And so that's a good start. But the milk itself is very, very different. It, it does not need to be homogenized. Goat's milk will not separate because the fat molecules are much, much smaller so they don't separate out from the rest of the milk. So we don't have to homogenize it so it doesn't get damaged in that way. And those small fat molecules are much easier to digest. The proteins in goat's milk are very different. So it's not as reactive as um, cow's milk. It has a lot less lactose. So it's not reactive in that way. Um, and it's the nutrients that are in it are more bioavailable than they are in cow's milk. There's this whole list of benefits. So um, when you want dairy and you can, I would seek out goat's milk dairy and try it. Goat's milk cheeses and goat's milk yogurt and things like that. But there's another product that I'm excited about. And I'm going to talk about when we get back. Then I promise we're going to get to your calls and questions. Stick around. Be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're talking about dairy. And, you know, dairy is very, very reactive for a lot of people. Kim, how many fit tests have we seen where um, cow's milk mm -hmm. comes up, caffeine comes up, you know, different components of dairy, but people are very reactive to it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, very. It was a mine. So the question we get a lot of times, because we talk so much about bulletproof coffee, and it has butter, and butter is dairy. So, uh, you know, butter's not as reactive as milk or heavy cream or things like that, but it still has some of the proteins in it, still can have some casein, a little bit of lactose. Um, if we go to ghee, that's even better. It, it, we take more and more of those uh, proteins and some of the offending components out. What I really started playing around with and I'm excited with, in fact, I think I'm going to do a new Bulletproof video. Um, I, I've upgraded my Bulletproof coffee again. So I like, love, love brain octane in my Bulletproof coffee. But now I've switched from butter you know, Kerry Gold was kind of our standard on butter. And instead of butter, I'm using goat's milk ghee. So this is the way to get all of the benefits from dairy with the minimal amount of negative or reactions. So goat's milk, you know, and, and I'm testing a couple different varieties, but everything I'm testing fully organic, fully grass fed, um, really, really high quality, and the results are pretty amazing so far. Much easier to digest, much less reactive, and goat's milk actually has a lot of um, uh, MCTs, medium-chain triglycerides. Mm -hmm. that, that was what me. I didn't know that about goat's milk and goat's milk ghee is very high in MCT, which is why we put in the coconut oil and the brain octane because those are medium chain triglycerides. Our body seems to love those and they're pretty rare in nature. I, I thought our, you know, the only sources really were coconut oil and palm oil, but it turns out goat's milk is pretty high in MCT. So this is my newest upgrade to Bulletproof Coffee, and I am loving it. I put in two tablespoons of Brain Octane, two tablespoons of goat's milk ghee, and it is, I can feel the difference in digestion. It, it really does um, digest much easier. Uh, the energy levels are better. We should be able to produce more ketones from the MCT. The uh, nutrients are more bioavailable. So I, I'm thinking, not 100% sure yet, but if I decide on a brand and I'm getting close, we may carry this in the store. Because another benefit of ghee is it doesn't need to be refrigerated. It, it's very, very shelf stable. So it is something we could make available. Oh, nice. And where did you get it from? Did you get it online? I did from a, a oh, couple. You said, okay, that we yeah. might even be able to make it available. That's right. That yeah, really great. Yeah, because again, it doesn't need to be refrigerated. Very shelf stable, so it's something that we could stock and ship, and something that people right. could keep in the truck really easily. Uh, it's also great to cook with. It's got a very very high smoke point, four hundred and eighty five degrees, which means we can use it to cook. Um, and I wouldn't push it to 485 degrees, but if you cook with it, it's going to remain a lot more stable than most um, cooking fats. Well, coconut oil does that really well, but coconut oil has such a strong taste. Uh, it just doesn't go with a lot of foods when you're cooking them. So this would be another 
a good source of cooking fat as well. So um, I'm just doing my final testing on a couple brands and then we may just uh, put it in the store. That would be great. So that's what I've got today. Uh, anything you want to talk about? Um, no, I was trying to think what we chatted about. Oh, um, just want to share because I had shared it on the last show. And I would love to see, um, I'm anxious to get back reading some books outside of school now that we're done. Um, so I'd love to, looking forward to sharing more about that. And, you know, if anybody else out there, if they, you know, have their number one that they'd love to, you know, that they'd love it that affected their life and changed it, you know, for the better, let us know what, what, that, when that was. I'm sure they heard it probably from you on the show, but I'd love to hear from them, which one had an impact. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Kate, I, it's hard to kind of surprise me with the new book because I'm always looking for books, but occasionally mm -hmm. I've had some really good recommendations. So I always appreciate those. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to some phone calls. Let's start off in Missouri. Peggy, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kim. Thanks for taking my call. Hi there. You're welcome. Uh, what can we help you today? <laughs> my NutriQ. I've got it here in front of me. Have you seen it? I nearly ran away and thought, yes. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? It, it's not, but it's common. I mean, this this is not unusual for us. This is what we see all the time. Um, you're peaking in all the same areas, it, digestion, um, sugar handling, fatty acid, adrenal. They, they're all there. Uh, the good news is we can fix them all. They, adrenal's been more of a challenge recently, but I'm really excited about all the things, you know, we're we're developing on on the adrenal side, um, you know, you've got adrenal and pituitary really high. Your thyroid is about mid-level. That's good. When we get, you know, adrenal, pituitary, and thyroid, it can really start to get complicated. Um, so, you know, the way we would work on this, um, always digestion first. Because if we don't fix digestion, you can't get the nutrients you need to fix the other problems. So that's why we always start on digestion. Then we would, um, honestly, what I would focus on is sugar handling and adrenal at the same time because the two are so closely related. In fixed mm -hmm. diet, you'll start to see some improvements in sugar handling, but the adrenals can really get in the way of that because the, the adrenals can continue to elevate our blood sugar even if we're not consuming it. And, and that gets a little tricky. I mean, it's like, hey, wait a minute. If yeah. we don't put sugar in our body, how can we have high blood sugar? But it's because our body has the ability to produce its own glucose. It, it can do it from protein pretty easily. It can even do it from fat. So it, it will find a way to produce glucose if it thinks we need it. And every time you put your body into that fight or flight mode, your body wants glucose. So if you haven't been eating it, your body will start cranking it out. And we can see elevated glucose levels even though we haven't consumed them. So that's why our you know, protocol now is work on digestion. We always have to do that. But when we see sugar handling and adrenal, we need to work on them together. And that's a combination of diet and lifestyle. 
Okay, I have a question. Um, I hadn't realized how stressed I was until I burst into tears unexpectedly in front of my doctor. And uh, she put me on surgery <laughs> to try and help me reduce my stress level. Would yeah. that also impact sugar level? <laughs> it impacts everything. Everything. It impacts our gut flora. It impacts our hormone levels. It impacts our sugar handling capabilities. And when I say it impacts them, all in negative ways. Um, okay. Yeah. None of these medications are doing anything for your health other than ruining it. What they're doing is covering up symptoms. And, and I get that. You know, it, it seems to work. We, you know, we, we can't sleep. We take something to help us sleep and we sleep better. I, I get that. Um, but we have to look at why we're not sleeping right. You know, we really, if we want to be healthy, we have to look at the, the root cause of the problem and address the root cause. And medicine never does that. Medicine only covers up symptoms. The only exception to that really are antibiotics. Antibiotics actually address the root cause of the problem. We have a bacteria that's causing a problem. Antibiotics kill it. The problem is they kill all the good bacteria too, so they create new problems. Um, so even that class of drugs that actually does address the root cause causes more problems. So there are better ways to even you know address those kind of issues rather than antibiotics. But um, you know the the goal here would be to um, start to wean off the medications as you improve diet, digestion, and lifestyle. And the good news is all of these things can be fixed. Okay. Well, I heard you mention the guided hypnosis app yeah. for iPhone. Is it under the same name for Android? Kim, do you know? Have you looked it up in no. the? They don't have it on Android. Um, people have oh, been using okay. it, and I need to do some research, or at least you know, reach out to our tribe and see what they're using. I've heard um, some say they've used one called Calm. Um, that is available on both Android and iPhone. I, I downloaded, but I haven't tried it on my iPhone yet. But um, check okay. that out, and, and then if you find any others, um, let us know. We need to build some resources okay. there. Absolutely. Really All right. Appreciate Got to get to a break. Um, sorry, Peggy, didn't mean to cut you off there. I've got to get to a break. Peggy, I'll come back to you right after the break to make sure we've answered your questions. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rothenberg. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're going to get right back to the calls. We were talking with Peggy in Missouri. So, Peggy, does that help? It does. And I wanted to say thank you for teaching us the square breathing. That has really helped me with my blood pressure, which wasn't really elevated, but I was starting to creep up there. But I've got one more question for you. Have sure. you ever heard of anybody developing a runny nose every time they eat? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, it, it, uh, 
actually a very common food reaction and it's your immune system um, kind of reacting there. That's almost more like a true food allergy rather than just a food reaction. But you say it's every time you eat or eat certain foods. Well, you know, I haven't actually traced it that well, but it seems most every time. I mean, I just sat here and had egg salad, eggs and mayonnaise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kevin, well, I used I... to have it, a wet nose, all the time. <laughs> really? And it's one of the questions on the, on the Nature Q, too. Yeah. Um, and oh, mine, um, getting rid of dairy helped mine a lot. That, oh. That's right. Okay. And you just mentioned, uh, you know, one of what we call the big three when it comes mm -hmm. to food reactions, which is, we, you know, wheat... Egg. Dairy and eggs are the big three, and dairy okay. and eggs are the two that can really seem to trigger this kind of a reaction. Okay. Well, thank you. So I, I would, you know, if you haven't done a fit test, my guess is you're probably going to come back very reactive to eggs. Um, you could try a Coca's pulse test, but I think we already have the evidence. Um, you're reacting. So I, I would eliminate dairy and eggs for 30 days and see what that does. Um, if you still get it and you can't identify which food is doing it, I would recommend the fit test. And, you know, with all the things you're facing, um, you may really want to consider our one-on-one -on -one, where we work with you directly to address each one of these in order. Uh, it can really shorten the amount of time it takes you to overcome these things. But the good news is, Everything you're dealing with can be fixed. Let's go to Minnesota. Julie, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin and Kim. Um, okay, I had a few questions while I was listening, but the first one that I had was on cholesterol. Um, I have a few relatives that are screaming at me because I'm on the ketogenic diet, which I'm putting a lot of butter and coconut oil in my coffee and eating a lot of bacon and avocado and, oh, my God, all this fat. What is your cholesterol count like? <laughs> and everybody's so con concerned about the cholesterol um, with this diet. Um, I'm not sure if that affects your cholesterol that much when you're actually in full-blown ketosis. Absolutely affects your cholesterol. No question. In fact, it's one of the biggest impacts you on your cholesterol. But yes, in a very good way. That's the right. cool thing. Here's the other thing. Okay. We have got cholesterol so screwed up that it's hard to even talk about cholesterol correctly. So most measures <laughs> of problem. Exactly. And sometimes you just have to smile, shake your head, and move on because trying to educate people on this issue is really, really difficult. I, I tell people, really, my take on cholesterol, I'm not measuring mine. I could care less because I, I know that when I'm doing the stuff that I'm doing, eating a real food diet, very high in fat and saturated fat, that that's one of the best things I could do for my cholesterol anyway. So I, I don't, I'm not even going to measure mine. I, I, I've never had mine measured. I don't know what my numbers are. Um, maybe one day I'll do it just for the fun of it. Um, but I, I, total cholesterol is a meaningless number. And yet that's the number that they all the focus on. 
I, I don't even understand how we got to this point. We're taking three different numbers or even more sometimes, depending on how we measured the cholesterol. Some of those numbers we want to be high and some of those numbers we want to be low. And some of those numbers are almost meaningless by themselves. And we add them all together and come up with a score. Who the hell came up with this? A third grader would realize you can't take two numbers, even just two. You want one to be low, one to be high, add them together and come up with a meaningful number. I, a third grader right. could figure out that that doesn't work. But, but yet we use it to, to prescribe drugs and all kinds of stupid stuff. So that number is meaningless. The way we measure LDL is meaningless because we don't know what kind of LDL it is. So the number itself doesn't matter. HDL and triglycerides, we can actually look at the individual number and tell something. We do want HDL to be as high as we can get it, and we want triglycerides to be as low as we can get it. But the, the ratios are much more important. And every time I calculate somebody that's on a ketogenic diet, their total cholesterol comes back high, which is meaningless. Their LDL comes back high, which is meaningless until we know what kind of LDL it is. And when we do test further, we find out that it's primarily the good LDL when they're on a, a keto diet. The HDL tends to go up. And over time, the triglycerides tend to go down. They can go up in the early stages of keto, sometimes even for months. But ultimately, they come back down. But when we calculate the ratios, we see that they are almost always ideal when somebody's been on a, a ketogenic diet, a whole food ketogenic diet, you know, real food. Because uh, you can eat a ketogenic diet that's junk. But when you're eating a, a nutrient-dense, real food keto diet, we see some of the best cholesterol ratios anywhere. Okay, cool. And the other question that I had, um, well, Peggy had mentioned about her adrenaline. I had called you guys before and told you that my probably my adrenaline glands are shot when I was on the ketosis. So I kind of got off it for a while, but I'm back on and I've been good and strong. Um, what I am taking is a daily probiotic, um, women's health for digestive health. And I found that um, ginger root tablets um, that I've been taking too has been helping with my digestion on, on the fat. So my stomach hasn't been doing those flip-flops anymore or anything. Okay. So, um, so, you know, there, there has been this thought um, that one of the downsides to a very low-carb or ketogenic diet could be that it's hard on the adrenals. One of the things we need to clear, clear up, because adrenal fatigue and the idea that our adrenals aren't working anymore is pretty rare. If you get to the point where your adrenals aren't working, that's the extreme, and most people don't get to that point. What we're really facing is our adrenals are overactive. They're pumping out too much cortisol, too much adrenaline. That's where the problems come in. Now, if we go past that and they're completely depleted, that's really a problem, but most people don't get there. So I am now 
the more and more research I do, the more and more I believe, and I, I can prove this, that there is no reason that a low carb or a ketogenic diet should be hard on the adrenals. There is nothing about carbohydrates in and of themselves that do anything for your adrenals. We don't need the carbohydrates. Some people say, well, without the carbohydrates, you can't get all the nutrition you need. That's not true. There's way more nutrition in some of the ketogenic foods than there are even in vegetables and fruits. So what we need is not necessarily to add more carbs because many times that just keeps aggravating the blood sugar problems, which you know, still is part of the adrenal issue. What we need and what I'm you know, busy developing recipes and ideas and meal plans for is what I'm calling nutrient-dense keto. I think the lower carb you go, as long as you get all the nutrition, the better off you're going to be. We're, we're able to solve both problems at the same time, the blood sugar control and the adrenals by eating a really high-quality, nutrient-dense, very low-carb diet. So how do you, like, you say that when it's a low-carb diet, about 30 grams a day, but how do you keep track of your carbs? Like, for example, um, you know, maybe once every other day or something, if I had breaded broccoli or cauliflower or um, breaded well, mushrooms or something, I know there's carbs in the off. breading, but how well, much carbs is there? How do you know? Well, forget, those, forget those carbs. Because I'm going to tell you that if you want to be healthy, skip bread at anything. The, the grains are just an absolute no-go for me. If you want to be healthy, eliminate all the grains. And, and it's not even because of the carbs. It's because of all the problems we have with grains. So to answer your question, how do you know how many carbs are in the breading? Just don't eat it. That, that's, I, I have no exception to that one really so um i'm gonna get to a break we'll come back we'll talk about that right after this stick around i'm kevin rothford Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We are talking with Julie on uh, keto and adrenal fatigue. Um, let me, I got to hit the right buttons. Julie, you still with me? Julie? Yes. Okay, there we go. So okay. instead of getting into the long answer on, on how we do this, but again, I, I'm really, really serious and strong about the grains. Um, if you don't eliminate grains from your well, diet. has grains. It, it, absolutely. Yeah. Anything with flour, anything with wheat, um, those are grains. And they're everywhere in processed food. So this is why we talk about a real food diet. Breading, pasta, those, that's not real food. 
Um, it's highly processed. It's loaded with um, pesticides and all kinds of chemicals because of the way it was raised. There's just so many problems with that. That is the root cause of many of our diseases today is all of the grains that are in our diet and how unhealthy they really are. So that is like uh, an absolute for us. If I'm working with somebody and they can't eliminate the grains from their diet, we're going to struggle with every other issue. If they eliminate the grains, it's the single biggest thing they can do, hands down. So then you, you ask, you know, how do you track carbs? I'll give you a quick answer on that, and then I'll tell you where we're going to cover this a lot more in depth. Um, I use chronometer to track food. Um, I've said I'm not going to do this the rest of my life, but I'm in geek mode right now, and I am tracking and weighing everything um, so that I can develop um, recipes and meal plans in the truck that are, you know, I'm doing three different levels of low carb, like under 80 grams, under 50 grams, and under 30 grams. So I'm literally weighing and tracking everything right now. Um, so we are going to cover this. We, we are doing a two-part webinar. We already did part one, and part two is coming up next week. And it's all about adrenal fatigue. And part two is a very clear step-by-step, -step, how do you fix it? So that's what we're going to be covering. So if you are in any of our programs, um, the Gold Highway, the Silver Highway, um, Health Gages or Health Gages Pro, you have access to those webinars. Those are paid events. Um, but if you're in any of our programs, you have access to them and you can go back and watch the prior webinars as well. So this one coming up next week is going to be a big one. Um, in fact, it's about all I'm working on right now. Let's go to Indiana. Gary, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin and Kim. Say, uh, I know you just bringing something up about the last call. You know, you keep mentioning no grains or whatever. Um, I don't think people realize that vegetable oil is made from grain every time, you know, and it seems like that's in most, almost every processed food there is, but people think they can still eat it. But anyway, uh, I'm curious on green beans. And also I did my MS bicycle ride, you know, and my goal was to do it ketogenic, which didn't happen because, uh, I ended up on a party bus, so I, I think alcohol <laughs> kind of kicked me out of ketosis. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I led, but I led the group like normal. You know, the last two years I've led the group because it seems like I've become this animal since uh, on, on ketosis over two years ago, and they still couldn't keep up with me. That's outstanding. And, so it has to, it, you know, because I didn't do any training. I, in April, I was on my bicycle three times. And then in uh, May, I didn't, wasn't on my bicycle at all. The weekend before I did the bicycle ride, I went out and started to get pledges because you had to have a minimum of 300. I went out for a 42.7 mile bicycle ride and ended up with uh, $260 worth of pledges. So my awesome. bicycle ride wasn't intense. I was just riding to different places and talking to different people. Yeah, but, that's cool. 
Yeah, but my I have a question on green beans. Are they good, bad, evil? And uh, uh, and also when I take a scoop of uh, coconut oil, because that's what my what I used to do is take a scoop of coconut oil, oil when I get hungry. And the last time I did it, I took a big scoop, and I ended up with immediate pain, like within 30 seconds on my right side, on my right side, on the front, the back, right to the spine. Yeah. Um, what would probably a reaction from your pancreas, gallbladder, you know, are you taking any digestive supplements? Yes, you have me on several. Okay. Yeah, it, it's pretty unusual. If it doesn't happen again, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, sometimes the body's just not ready for the big shock of fat. Um, that's why we have the digestive enzymes. Um, if it continues, you may try any time you're going to take that big slug of fat like that, take one of the enzymes with it. Like, um, you know, in Tenzyme Forte, we may not have you on that one. That's kind of a new one for us, but that would be a good one to take if, if you're doing a, a big shot of fat like that. Um, so just stay in touch. Let's work through that. It's not anything to worry about. Let's go to Virginia. Rebecca, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? Good. What's on your mind today? Um. My husband and I recently started our six-year-old daughter, um, uh, put her on keto um, okay. at her neurologist's request, and was just wondering, before we go back to the, to the neuro to get uh, to talk with her, um, does she need to be at the, the 20 carbs? Do we need to be adding the um, light balance, um, or does she need to be getting that kind of stuff from her food? Um, I, I would, uh, we'll talk about a little bit. I, I would give her the light balance. It, it's a real, there's no negatives to it. it. It really helps keep electrolytes in balance and that can be a challenge sometimes on keto. So I would have her on, on a light balance kind of product for that mineral balance. Um, you mentioned that her neurologist recommended this. Is that correct? She did. Excellent. Excellent. So you've got a great neurologist who's staying on top of things because prior, um, now what kind of issues are we dealing with? Um, yep. She is, she's ADHD. She has all kinds of different seizures. We've had grand mal seizures, petite mal seizures, yep. partial complex. Got it. So just so you know, prior to like the 1930s and 40s, the standard of treatment for children with epilepsy and all kinds of seizures, the standard was a ketogenic diet. That was how they treated it back then. It worked really well. And the only reason they got away from it was because we developed drugs. They developed anti-seizure drugs and it was just easier. And that's what all drugs seem to be. You know, we, we don't want to do the hard work. We'd rather just take a drug. And once the drugs became right. available, Everybody moved away from the ketogenic diet, but now it's starting to make a comeback because it is more effective than drugs are with no side effects. So congratulations right. to uh, your neurologist. Now, what I've seen, and I'll give you a really good resource for this. Go to a website. Um, oh boy, just drew a blank. Charlie's 
Charlie's Foundation. Yeah, Charlie's Foundation. Foundation. Yeah. In fact, there's a great movie about this. The 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 guy that started this, he, he was a really famous Hollywood director. I think he did like the airplane movies and a whole bunch of comedies in like the 70s and 80s. Um, but his son had horrendous seizures. None of the drugs were working. They were ready to do surgery. And they found the ketogenic diet and made this tremendous transformation and went on to found this group, the Charlie Foundation. And now they use a ketogenic diet for epilepsy, for brain cancer, for all kinds of things. So it's a really good resource. Um, What I've understood about this and what I've read is that they, for, you know, depending on how severe it is, they use an even more restricted ketogenic diet. So they do not only ketogenic, but they do calorie restriction. So they keep the calories as low as they can, sometimes only 800 or 1,000 calories a day. And that's easier to do when you're ketogenic because you don't have that crazy appetite. And that seems to be even more effective. But if you have a neurologist who's recommended this, I, I would work directly with them on what they think the limit should be as far as, you know, carb count and total calories and things like that. Yeah, she's in with Brenner's and they have been fabulous. Um, even her, uh, her regular pediatrician is also wanting us to follow ketogenic uh, for That's- her ADHD because they were at a loss of what to do. She has been on every kind of drug for ADHD. And if it works at all, um, it stops working within just a few weeks and the teachers are pulling I, their hair out and calling. I, I think you're very, very fortunate to be working with the primary care and the neurologist you have. They get it. And I think you're going to see really amazing results for this. In fact, please stay in touch with us and let us know how that goes. We'll see you next time. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. All right, everybody. Thanks. Uh, We didn't quite get to all the calls and questions, but we will do it again next week. We'll see you this weekend for the live show. Oh, get signed up for um, the webinar series. You know, get in one of our programs Get signed up for something so you have access to these webinars because it's where we're really covering the how to fix these things in, in much more depth. So we'd love to see you there. Go to the website or call us. Thanks, everybody. It feels like we've been able to stream music forever. So why can't we stream live TV yet? Oh, wait, we can. Introducing Alt TV, only from Bell. Stream live TV without a cable subscription, receiver, or long-term contract. Visit bell.ca slash alt TV for details.